At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome to Reality TV Rehap Ups for this season premiere of Amazing Race Canada Season 8. Very excited to break it all down with you. My name is Jessica Lees, and what a great way to kick things off. I feel like we had a really well-rounded episode, as we'll get into, uh, reach some new heights. Um, and I think maybe at certain points we were stripped down to our bare essentials. But... Before we get into all of that, of course, I have to introduce my co-host. I mean, us, we're just a couple of Americans talking about talking about a Canadian TV show. Dan Heaton, how are you this week? Oh, I'm good. You know, it was a, a, a quick-paced episode, I will say, but I enjoyed it. I was very happy. Everyone just seemed so happy at the mat, like almost comically so, but I kind of enjoy that. You know, it was a lot of gee whiz to it, but... um. In a good way. John Montgomery, he just riles us up, says, he missed me. John said he missed us. And I appreciate that, John. I missed him, too. <laughs> Honestly, like, I never I never realized how much I missed him until he said he missed me. And, <laughs> and it's like, oh, me too, man. Um, I, he does. A, you know, who does a better job of talking to the camera? Dan. Um, who who breaks the fourth wall with more aplomb? Is it John Montgomery or is it Jeff Probst? I don't know. They both like Jeff, especially recently with his like, let me tell you what's going to happen right now. It's crazy. They both have that same like, like they're like 10 years old. 
And and I know both of them, especially Jeff. Jeff's showrunner, very involved. They both have that. John, especially, I've talked about this before, has this, I can't believe they let me host this show. Like him climbing <laughs> up the Ferris wheel. Yeah. I'm like, that's, John's like, this is the greatest job I've ever had. Oh, they pay me for this too. This is, this is incredible. It's, um, I think he wins just because um, he's definitely got that. I mean, I'm sure some people are like, it's too much. But for me, I'm just like, yes, go for it, John. This is great. Yeah, the enthusiasm, I think, is what makes this show unique. I think arguably what has kept it on the air this long is just like it's so earnest and it's so legitimately enjoying itself where, you know, even Phil Kogan sometimes he would never admit it. Not even to us in the RHAP universe, his best friends. He would never admit it, but sometimes he phones it in too. And I don't think John Montgomery has ever phoned in anything in his life. No, I don't think so. And I think like you mentioned, this season too, we don't have a Dave and Arena this season. We've got like Thank I mean God. there's yeah. <laughs> but they were kind of they introduced a lot of drama, blah blah blah. You know, we've we've seen the season. But it's um this season I feel like um it's like people that are kind of happy and into it and people that are really into it. And that's the spectrum so far. I'm sure there'll be stress. You know, I mean, Jesse was very stressed. He said, I'm stressed right now. I'm very stressed right now. <laughs> oh, we got one but, of these. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, but everyone else seemed really, really hyper, but he seemed to be enjoying himself too. Even, you know, let loose a little bit as we get into, but um, yeah, seems like a fun cast. Um, I'm excited. There's a lot to pack in. Five tasks, Jess. How do they do it along with all the intros? It's crazy. I don't know, but somebody's got to call it Bertram Van Munster and tell him how they do it so that we can start doing it on the U.S. Amazing Race. Yeah, I mean, we can have a detour in the premiere. It's okay. It, it can be done. It's not impossible. 43 minutes, you can do it. So, um, so yeah, I'm jumping all around. But overall, I mean, it's just fun having it back and um, seeing all these teams enjoy doing all types of weird things, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good encapsulation. So let's just rewind and go back up to the top of the episode. Allons-y. Here we are at the top of the episode. Everybody's riding in on their fat tire bicycles. We get to introduce the teams at Mont Tremblant or just Tremblant. I don't know. Uh, you get to hear me do my like Alex Trebek French. <laughs> um, and they're in Quebec and. We get to meet a few of the teams before we get going too much. And uh, Julie and Kathy get a big moment up front. I think maybe sort of telegraphing where we're going to end up here. But can I just say here is a here is an amazing race cliche that, it, you know, OK, if you're going to go on the amazing race and you want me to champion you as a team and you are performing arts people. It is a it is now officially a cliche to introduce yourselves by singing Amazing Race to the tune of Amazing Grace. I think it's happened at least four times that I can think of in show's history, and it's time. It's time to let that one go. <laughs> She's Canada's queen of R&B, Jess. I mean, come She's on. Amazing. She's amazing. <laughs> she is absolutely amazing. The song they played over her intro was amazing. Legitimately, I want to go on Spotify and listen to her all day, but get the rights to one of your own songs, like do a Jonathan Knight and, you know, play the hell out of your big hit in the background for the entirety of your episode. Yeah. It's, um, it's one of those things where right when they started out, I was like, wow, this is either they really want to spot. Let's like, probably both actually, 
they want to spotlight the star. And like I said, you know, seeing her in the one minute intro that we had before did not do justice. So they show her performing. I'm like, oh, oh, yes, this is a performer, not a performer in a different way, like Catherine and Craig. But um, really cool to see them. But again, like I, like you said up front, we get like two minutes of them. And I'm like, hmm, this is interesting. I wonder where we're heading here. But they really got a pile in the intros, though. I mean, you jump in. They did five intros, five or six intros in the first like three minutes. And some of them, they weren't all the same info that we saw in the um, in the intro video. Some of them were. Some of it wasn't. You know, you get to see Brent. You get to see, Br- excuse me. Brandon and Connor doing waveboarding flips or whatever that was. Mm-hmm. I mean, crazy stuff we hadn't seen, which if I had seen that, they probably would have been my first pick, Jess. I mean, come on. Well, you knew they were going to be my first pick. So it was nice of you to just let me have that. Um, they, th- you know, they're adorable. Uh, we were just actually, we were talking in, I right before we got on here, I was watching the episode with some of the patrons in the RJP Discord. And someone mentioned they're really glad to see people out in the world filming segments instead of doing it all in front of a green screen. And I absolutely agree with that. That was really sometimes those get a little corny and it's like the show is inventing something to show you guys doing together. But it's still it's it feels a little more organic. Yeah, the credits, seeing the credits without the green screen is like, oh, Nice. Yes. I mean, there are moments you've got, you know, Cord and Allie tackling each other in the snow. And a lot of the intro, like B-roll videos they've used in the the intro videos, they were all at playgrounds or fitness trails. I don't know what the deal was there, but it's still better. It's fun. Even goofy stuff, like you said, where they're like hugging and just hanging out and skateboarding. I don't know. A lot of different things. (laughs) It's all fun. And I'm just like, you know, it doesn't cost that much. There was a little bit level of effort that I really appreciate on the show. Yeah, same. It, it it felt like it was definitely a throwback to old school Amazing Race. Now, Dan, before we move into the actual tasks of it all, I wanted to point out something. This is going to be, uh, I want to do our first of what I think are going to be many recurring segments um, throughout the season. And I had, I'm going to record a bumper for it. Just haven't gotten my crew together to record it but we're having a segment this season called ask a canadian and we will actually have actual canadians weigh in in recording format at some point but this is a good way to kick things off because this is something i wouldn't have flagged um in julie and kathy's intro julie starts saying that she starts repeating this very strange phrase that is unfamiliar to me as a damn yankee but she starts saying winner gang gang Winner, Ganya. And I was like, what in the hell is that? Um, and we got an answer. Uh, Robinson Podcast patron Kelsey Ann happily supplied this for us. Uh, she says, in case anyone was wondering what Julie was saying when she was saying, winner, Ganya, over and over at the beginning, this is a sound you hear anytime you win a lottery slash scratch ticket in Ontario. So there you go. Canadian lottery reference. Very, very good, deep Canadian pull. Love me the deep Canadian polls, and I love that I have learned something today. Yeah, because you know she had a lot of phrases, um, mostly biblical during during this episode. Mm-hmm. But for that, her to throw that, I like see that part at the beginning, and I'm like, wow, that's a poll. That's a. I mean, it probably is something that is like you said is so well known to anyone in the area. But to me, I'm and yeah, you're watching it, and you're like, okay, she's excited. That's great. I don't know what that is. 
But um, now that I know the background, I feel like, oh, it makes, I like it much more. It's cool. It's cool to have that. Yeah. I feel like in New York, we have equivalents to that. Like mm-hmm. there was a ubiquitous lotto ad for many years that was to the tune of take me out to the ball game. And it was for this like lotto ticket called the subway series. And it was like all about all the things you're going to buy with your million dollars that you win. And then for the longest time, the slogan was, Hey, you never know. So I think maybe the equivalent, if I was going on the amazing race and I was going to try to pull something in there and be like, Hey, could I win the amazing race? Hey, you never know. <laughs> and everyone be like, yeah, she doesn't know. And like, no, no, she's making a no, no, reference. It's, it's a New York lotto reference guys. If I cared that much, which I don't know. I, I, I love this because as soon as uh, Kelsey also provided a YouTube link to click through and listen to the sound and I'm like, Oh yeah, if I'd ever been in like a bodega in Toronto and somebody was winning the lottery, that would, that would live rent free in my head for a long time. <laughs> yeah. I was expecting it to be longer. It was like, Oh, that's all of it. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's, that's all you need, Dan. <laughs> yeah. You, you won, you know, it's great. But, um, didn't work out so well for Julie and Kathy, but um, maybe it worked. Maybe they'll win the lottery. Maybe maybe that's that's the thing. Maybe she already has. Maybe that's why she said that. I don't know. I think she's winning at life, Dan. I think she's a multi-talented, award-winning performer. She's incredible, obviously. I don't think she needed to be on The Amazing Race. This is like Jimmy Johnson levels, I think. It's like, you go on there for the experience, you're still, your life is fine. Yeah, yeah, she's going to be great. And I, I was, you know, looking at all the teams again, like they were real, they were fun. And that's the one downside I think of having, I like the kind of fast paced episode where they're doing tons of things. All it's great. I don't want it to be slow and boring, but there is one side where you're like, you know, it wouldn't kill them to have a non-elimination on the premiere. I know they don't do it that often, but when you have a fun cast, sometimes I'm like, I just want to spend more time with them. Why not just get it out of the way? But it's rare. I'm not sure. Canada, especially, I think it's pretty rare. Yeah, I don't remember if Canada has ever done it. So, yeah, I, it is It is sad to lose somebody anytime we lose somebody, especially in these Amazing Race Canada seasons where almost everybody across eight seasons has been incredible. Um, yeah, it's it's been great. It has been great. Uh, so we go up to the top of the episode, and the very first thing you have to do, this is very... This is very local chamber of commerce, amazing race level tasks to start us off. But, you know, they can't all be bangers. They wasted some money uh, renting the Ferris wheel in Montreal. So we got to cut corners somewhere. You're going to go around and visit a bunch of informational plaques and count the letters to get the letters from a phrase that you're going to unscramble. And the trick of it was you didn't know if they counted the headlines or not. Dun, dun, dun. What'd you think, Dan? I know it was okay. You know, it is something though, when you have a task that's not really that thrilling, that they chose that moment to do a bunch of the intros because it's like, we don't really have to see. And you know, they never really showed someone like really unscrambling it because watching people unscramble words, not that thrilling a TV. So I was okay with them switching. The most interesting thing to me was here's my thought. Let's talk about breaking the show. We kind of, we saw this accidentally with, with Brandon O'Connor, but couldn't you just go find the judge and just stand there? Like, really? I mean, I know people wouldn't think about that, and maybe the show producers would tell them not to. But my, when it happened, I thought when all the groups showed up, couldn't you could just stand there and wait? Why do you have to actually do the unscrambling? That's my question. 
It's it's true. Well, if everybody did that, Dan, then nobody would do it. <laughs> but I'm sure that the production production didn't let people do that. I, I don't. And I honestly, I don't think any of the teams that I don't think any of the teams in this cast would be diabolical enough to do that. Dave and Arena arguably would do that. These guys, I think it was it was kind of a happy accident. But, you know, this is one of my pet peeves on the race is having a task where everybody has to come up with the same answer. And then the incentive is just, you know, to make friends with somebody who's smarter than you who can come up with the answer. And I I don't I I here's a question that that has just occurred to me, Dan. What do you make of what do you make of the possibility of does the Amazing Race have to air every task that it makes the racers do? Well, we know from past experience, especially with the U.S., that they do not air all the tasks. That is and true. I always find that kind of annoying because I think, you know, there's a way to edit even boring tasks in a way that makes them like this, that makes mm-hmm. them, and I wouldn't have said boring, but, you know, a little less. I found the most interesting, interesting thing here was watching the teams kind of team up sometimes two teams that don't know what they're doing in this task teamed up, which wasn't a great idea, but I like that they show everything just because I, then I get a better understanding of like, sometimes you've seen it even when us doesn't show something and you're like, wait, that team was third. Why are they eighth? And yeah. it's like, you never hear. And you're like, well, I guess they got lost. I, I know we're never, cause it even happened this time later where there was teams that all of a sudden were at the detour. And I'm like, how did they get there? But that's probably traveling around and all that. You can never totally understand. I don't expect them to put a map on the screen that shows where everyone is. But I appreciate having a general understanding of why teams end up where they are. Yeah, I think portions of the game not affecting the outcome can be edited out with no problem. And a task like this, I don't need to see every beat of it. I need to see, like, if somebody screws up royally and is in the back because of that, I want to see that. I don't need to see literally anything else of it. It'll just be like the fact of the challenge, show some people looking at some letters and giving an answer, and then you're done. Like I could have done with half of what we got, and we didn't get very much. No, it was probably only a few minutes. And I did enjoy, though, that this allowed, again, we had the great question coming from Brendan and Connor was, can a word have a number in the middle of it? So I enjoyed that. And then, of course, he's like, no. And they moved on. So I enjoyed that question. That <laughs> that one I wrote down. So that that led to something. They're not and, what? They're not viewers of the CBS drama Numb Threeers. <laughs> so I guess the answer is yes. Yes, there can be. But I enjoyed that. I, I posed that question to my daughter, who gave me a look like, "What are you asking me? I don't even understand the format of this question." So there was that. But beyond that, I mean, I look at it and I'm like, this was a way to introduce the teams to show them doing something. And to split them onto two buses that were only 15 minutes apart, which, I mean, did have a role in what happened, but there was some swapping around. So really, I mean, as much as anything, though, it seemed like beyond a few teams, the biggest thing that someone could do well is be a really fast runner once they got it right, because a lot of the things switched around. And I think we I think we saw enough, though, to it was kind of a way to introduce them. That's the way I would describe it. Yeah. And they they did they did do this to great effect. Like they established it. It's like, here are some teams. Here's how they would do this task. And then now let's meet them and hear who they are. I thought that was, that was effective enough. Usually when amazing race us does this, it's over like people falling out of airplanes or something. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> so we're not doing that, I guess. We're doing something less thrilling in a way. One thing I wanted to note, though, which I thought, you know, I keep mentioning them, but they were the team that finished first. Brendan O'Connor, you know, we have eight teams have made it. Five teams have checked into bus one. Three teams have checked into bus two. We have, unfortunately, Team Dan members, Dennis and Durrell and Cedric and Deshaun, very confused about what classic to do. Classic Team Dan. Yeah, it's classic Team Dan. I was watching it going, yep, yep, that was, that's what I expect. But Brennan and Connor go back and just give them the answer. And I didn't mind that. This was not season 32 type stuff. What did you think of that? Them going back and just helping him? Because really, they didn't really gain anything by doing that in a way or hurt themselves or hurt someone else, really. Well, this is debatable, Dan. They may have gained something. I wonder, these these buses are scheduled to leave 15 minutes apart. Is it possible, is it plausible that a team could be out there so long, like stumble bumming through these plaques for so long that they delay the second bus? Like, could it be that Brendan and Connor went out there to get the other two teams because, A, there's no stakes there. Like, they're all, like, no matter how long they're out there, once everybody's there, they're all getting on the bus and they're all equalized anyway. There's no stakes there. You might as well give them the answer. But on the other hand, maybe there are stakes. Maybe it is that Dennis and Durrell and Cedric and Sean are out there for three hours and the bus doesn't get to leave until everybody is on the bus. Interesting. It also makes me wonder, and I would never claim any type of producer interference because I don't think that really happens on game shows, but it does make <laughs> me wonder if there was like a game a show. Question. Sorry. <laughs> Reality competitions, excuse me. But, um, and I don't know if that's the right term, but that's what I was thinking. But maybe there was like, they said, hey, can we go tell them? And the producers were like, yeah, okay. Like, I mean, it's in a way, when they're 15 minutes apart and we don't know when, they didn't say they're going to leave at 10 and 10 15 or whatever time it was mm-hmm. they just said they were apart would have held the bus episode one they would want a like i think it was kent at the kent and vixen yeah that's what i was thinking of yeah where they didn't make it and then they got penalized but it was like a not elimination i forget the exact thing but it was kind of a mess and it was confusing to watch as a viewer i suspect here there was some sort of um placeholders or structure in place that would prevent this from happening like, oh, if you don't do it, you get a penalty for an hour. I don't know. There had to be something that they would not show that would allow everyone to make the bus, I would assume. I mean, it's Amazing Race Canada. There's always a penalty situation. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, and I'm totally speculating. I have no knowledge that that would happen, so I don't want to think that I'm pulling on my like tinfoil hat here, but it was interesting showing that, especially showing it from these guys. And then they're like, it's Canada. This is what we do. I'm like, yeah, that kind of is what, what people do, but interesting given how they kind of went through the entire race as like, you know, they got, they had a lot of success this week. So that was another step, I guess. Yeah. I think they were spreading it around. Like they felt comfortable. They knew where they were at. And it's like, that's not going to slow them down. And, you know, that's what we always say about when is it okay to help another team on the amazing race when it's not going to slow you down. And when you're relatively safe at that point in the race, everyone is relatively safe. Like it's not, you can't actually do anything to affect yourself negatively at that point. Right. And also we did hear one team say, now we owe them. Now we owe them one. Now, I don't know if that'll come up again. But, and you know, it's not a case, too, where another team got an express pass and we'll give it to them because they got them. But still, there's a case where someone might be nicer in the future, or even if a U-turn comes up or whatever, even if they don't consciously remember, they may subconsciously be like, you know, I like those guys. Maybe I'll U-turn someone else. You never know. I don't think there was like a huge quid, quid pro quo there, but it could happen. Yeah, it it's never hurts to be nice unless you're like torpedoing your own game to be nice. Yes, we don't. We don't want that. No, we don't want that. So, yeah, what do you what do you think of the uh, very snazzy bus sign up board sponsored by Guru Energy Drinks? <laughs> well, you know, Cliff Bars. I mean, you know, John for last few seasons have been saying, you know, they can enjoy Cliff Bars while they wait. Now they can enjoy an energy drink. So I don't know what the trade off is. I'm not really familiar with Guru. They are sponsoring the trip around the world. So on that trip around the world, you're just gonna. Just drink energy drinks. You won't get any food or anything. That's all you're going to have. Well, if you sleep, Dan, you're going to miss something. <laughs> yeah, you can't can't sleep. It's got to keep going. I did, you know, some of the teams were excited. I'm sure they were excited to have anything to drink. But I assume, you know, um, I know something that bothers some um, watchers, especially people that maybe watch US and then come into this, is the amount of product placement. And we saw a lot of it this week. Now, granted, the premiere, I feel like, usually does get more. Like we had the Lion King challenge, you know, with mm-hmm. the voiceover. I think that might have been last season, but or one of the more recent seasons because it's been a few years. But so they do have a lot. But um, this doesn't bother me. This just kind of makes me laugh because it's just like John just, you know, going for it all with the um, talking about Guru's energy drinks. And who knows? Maybe hopefully they're not like Biostrath in Survivor South Africa. <laughs> hopefully they are great to drink. That's what I will say. Well. I personally, I love the product placement on any show that's not in the U.S. because these are not brands I'm familiar with. I'm learning something like on the U.S. version of the show. If they have an ad for Pringles or something, I know what Pringles are. I don't care. I'm not going to buy them. But this is like hmm, Guru Energy. I wonder if this is better than American Energy drinks, which all taste like fizzy cough syrup. It probably isn't, but I don't know that. This is novel. Same thing with Biostrath. I would taste it. I'm not sure I'd like it, um, but I don't know that I wouldn't. <laughs> I want to because Mike Bloom, his reaction on the podcast was a classic. But um, I don't know. I saw a few people. Court Nally 
they seemed to really enjoy it. They were really happy to get that drink. So um, maybe they're just selling it better than others, but um, these teams are loving it. You know, I've, I've had cliff bars and I would say if I had just run down a big hill and they handed me that, I'd be like, this is the greatest food I've ever had in my life. I so love maybe it's the same way. Yeah. So I, think I would frankly rather have a cliff bar than an energy drink any day of the week, but you know, maybe, maybe there's a really good energy drink flavor and maybe it's like the coconut cliff bar. <laughs> Yeah, it's like that that level. But no, I enjoy it. I think we're going to see it every episode um, that they, I mean, that they sign up. And they do. It seems like since they started these types of sponsorships around the sign-up boards, they have a lot of sign-up boards. So I think we're going to see a lot of them as we go forward. Fan of the sign-up board. Honestly, I like bunching points. I know your mileage may vary on this, but I think I think having the teams bunched together makes it a little more exciting sometimes. Um, so I'm not mad at it. Uh, so yeah, we get on our buses and we go to old Montreal um, and not whatever thing that Cedric and Sean were trying to say it spelled, which was they had none of the same letters as old Montreal. Yeah, I didn't try to write that down. I was like, no. I, don't, I don't know what they're saying, but this is entertaining. So speaking of product placement, though, Jess, I mean, come on, we, we get this nice cutscene of the mighty Thor. Thor, Love and Thunder. In case you weren't aware, Jess, this movie is coming out basically right now, a little later in Canada, and we heard all about it this week. I think the premiere is actually, I think it's tomorrow that it comes out, but I think I saw pictures. I think I actually did see pictures on social media of Brendan Connor at the premiere. So that is some exciting stuff. I was aware that this movie was a thing because we go to a lot of movies in my household and we saw a preview for it just last weekend. I'm very excited. I unfortunately my child is too small to go with me, so I probably have to wait for it to hit streaming. But yeah, it looks fun. Um, I think John Montgomery was maybe the most jazzed of anybody because he got to say Mjolnir a whole bunch of times. And he is like John Montgomery with the comic book terms is again, it's Alex Trebek with the French phrases. He's like he can't just say Thor's hammer. I think he literally says Thor's hammer once. And I swear to God, I have heard John Montgomery say Mjolnir more times than I've heard Chris Hemsworth say it. <laughs> well, I already decided before we start recording that I'm just going to say Thor's hammer because I don't need to get stuck on that because that's just going to be embarrassing for everyone. If I try to say John, on the other hand, better than his deter actually <laughs> said this very well. So I was impressed with John. You know, nice work. I think he studied it. I could see him in front of the screen, just like watching, you know, Age of Ultron, where they're all trying to lift it, going like, okay, I can say this correctly, and saying it over and over again. I, I believe in his commitment to that. This Saying the name of the hammer is John Montgomery's own version of lifting the hammer. <laughs> it proves he's worthy to be an Amazing Race host. That's what it proves. I mean, I think maybe the thing that proved he was worthy to be an Amazing Race host was when he straight up dead ass chugged a pitcher of beer on national television after winning an Olympic gold medal. I think maybe that that's what secured it for him. But this is, this just proves his ongoing worthiness. Yes. So teams on the other hand, just had to find these human billboards of Thor love and thunder. <laughs> these are the most, greatest things. <laughs> <laughs> just guys walking around holding billboards, with a, with a giant piece of rectangular plastic around their necks. Yeah, not easy for everyone, though. Cedric and Deshaun. <laughs> Love the look on the billboard's face when yeah. they walk right by him. He just shrugs. Like, he just shrugs. I'm here. They found him later, though. They're like, oh, we saw you earlier. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was that guy. 
it's kind of amazing they survived this episode. That's all I'm going to say. You know, it was it was it was fun for them. You know, a lot of goofy music and everything. But um, what do you think of this? Is this even count as a test? Should we say there were four and a half tasks this week? I mean, find a thing. Technically, that's a task. And if especially if somebody screws up on it, then it counts as a task. If it affects placement, it counts as a task. So, yeah, that's a task. Okay, great. So, um. I don't know why I have much to say. You have much to say about this or should um, I know quickly that most of them found it quickly, but they were given something we should note. They were given pieces of Thor's hammer as part of this. <laughs> Thor's hammer as part of this. Um, so that's something that's going to come up later. But but then they had to do a roadblock, which is like the um, showstopper premiere moment. I guess. Here's something interesting, Dan. I, I liked the task design on this because they got that clue for that roadblock in the middle of old Montreal without being anywhere remotely near the thing they were going to be on. So it's not like, you know, make your way to the base of the CN tower and open up a clue that says, who's really afraid of heights. Like this is not that this is you. This could be anything who's well-rounded. They could be making bagels. It's equally possible. And yet they open it up and it's like, go here. And now you know what the thing is. I, I like that a lot. I like the very blindness of the roadblock. There's no way anybody could know what it is going in. Right. I agree because, and, and also another thing I like too. And well, first on that, Craig, for example, scared to death of heights. Granted did okay. But you know, like he said, the success for him was not dying. So he succeeded in the task. It was good. But everyone, that was the thing with him where he's like, I never would have done this. But she even laughed. I, I enjoy all the um, team members laughing at their partners who have to do this. You know, she thought it was hilarious. Catherine did. But in general, that fooled him. But then also another thing I should note, too, is that there were multiple ladders, multiple areas. So technically, this was not this is what happens with like skydiving. A lot of things. It's basically you go in a certain order. There's no possible way. Now, granted, we did not see teams climbing past other teams, but it was possible. If someone was very bad at this, someone could pass them. And that's something you rarely see with something like this. Usually it's, okay, you come in, you grab a number, you're one through 10, and that's the way you leave. It wasn't exactly that way this time. They could gain or lose a little bit of time. Yeah, there's two ladders there. If somebody really screwed it up, they could drop a place or two in the rankings for sure. Um, it did look to me like possibly everyone was there all at once, just the way they kind of pitted team against team. I think it took everybody about the same amount of time. And I think they were all there waiting, but the, at least the editing tried to show that that was not the case. And I did appreciate that there was more than one opportunity to do it at a time. Another thing I found interesting, I looked this up is um, this Ferris wheel to me, when I see it, I think that's probably been there 50 years. No, it was opened in 2017, September, and um, tallest Ferris wheel in Canada. I don't, know, I don't know how many giant Ferris wheels there are all over Canada, but still, 200 feet high, 60 meters, um, pretty recent. I know I'm just, Dan rating Wikipedia, always the favorite segment on the show. I mean, it's I, an amusement park ride. I didn't expect we were going to get away without talking about it. I just thought, you know, I like to learn a little bit about the area, at least some of the things they go to. Because I haven't been there, so um, it reminded me a little of the London Eye, though obviously, um, mm. you know, not well, the same height. It's similar. that era. Like, I think the 
early 2000s to the mid 2010s was like this era of every city deciding we need a big ass Ferris wheel. Um, you know, we were supposed to get one in here in New York and they ended up deciding to put a parking garage in instead. And I think that was the right move. We got one here a few years ago. They got one in Orlando. You know, they're everywhere. I've been, in, I've been on the Orlando one. Um, and apparently I am told I have been on the high roller in Las Vegas. Uh, I don't remember this, but it was a good time. They have a bar car. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's like your chamber of commerce is thinking, what could we do to bring in tourist dollars? Oh, I know. We'll put this very hashtag basic ride that every city has and we'll call it the tallest in whatever approximate geographical area we're in. And then people will come to it when they come to see the things that they actually wanted to see. Also, usually very expensive. too. Yes. So usually more than you think. That's what I will say here. My credit card statement says that it costs like 50 bucks to go on that stupid Vegas wheel. Seems about right. It's not <laughs> yeah. a not a decision I would have made with a clear head. I'll tell you that much. Well, I should mention, too. Oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. You're talking about the Vegas Ferris wheel. I should mention, too, we haven't talked that much about teams doing well at this point. There are two teams that seem to be really running ahead of it. We've already mentioned a lot of times Brendan Connor, but Beverly and Veronica have been right with them the entire time, have looked awesome going through. Those teams have been neck and neck the whole time. And then um, Cassie and Jameek closely kind of behind them. You're kind of seeing the teams, and I actually feel that when we were analyzing teams overall, I think we did a pretty good job because a lot of the teams we thought would do pretty well, even though I know we drafted them later, a lot of the people we said they could be good all did pretty well. And a lot of these teams were running ahead kind of like expected. Yeah, I think we, we've we got an eye for this, Dan. After having watched like collectively 100 plus seasons of this program, I think we we can look at the we can look at this and say that team's going to do well. That team's not, even when it's a team that looks like you know on their face. And you know we were we've been wrong a couple of times, and that's that's what makes it fun. Um, but yeah, I can look at this. I can see a Brendan and Connor, and I can say, oh yeah, those guys are going far. Um, and Dan can see a Beverly and Veronica and say those guys are going far, and then second guess himself and not choose them for his team. Oh man, I knew, I knew they were going to, but right when I saw them, like five minutes in, you know, um, they, I was like, they got, they were the first ones through the first task. And I was like, yep. But yep. here's the funny part is I totally want them to win. I'm mm -hmm. totally rooting for them. I don't care about team dad. I'm looking at them and I'm like, they're fun. I like, I like watching them do well. And um, I hope they do. I don't, you know, throw out the draft. It's still, I mean, not completely. That would be crazy, Gus. But throw it out in that case. You know, I, I want I want to do well. I was happy that I hung on to my teams. But in general, just looking at the race itself and the teams, I was really happy to see them up there competing because they easily could have got first place this leg. They were right there. And some of the other teams that did well, I was like, you know, I mean, I'm not gonna say I'm pulling for every team equally, but it's it's cool to see teams come out and just look really solid right off the bat. I'm 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 going to congratulate you, Dan, for not being totally dead inside. Because me, I just care about being right. <laughs> you're looking at it and you're like, I knew it. Vindication. It. <laughs> here come 20 tweets about it. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. No, but really, it's um getting back to the, to the show, though. There weren't a lot of teams. We kind of we kid about set about Tashawn and everything and Cedric, but the teams all were pretty competent. I mean, granted, this wasn't the most difficult task ever. As we get to the detour, to me, when I heard the detours, I thought they sounded a lot tougher than they were, but they were still fun, and I think that was really the goal with this episode. Yeah, they, this episode was not really meant to kill anybody and i think you can tell that it was not a hard leg in the fact that four teams checked in on the mat simultaneously like that doesn't happen in a grueling leg so you could tell like this was really if you made one mistake you were out which is kind of the downside for these sort of allegedly easy legs so yeah we get to the detour and we've got really tasks that are designed to be entertaining for the viewer they don't really jazz or pizzazz um it sounds like on on its face it sounds like one of these might have been a little bit harder than the other one but i honestly think you're playing to my wheelhouse these are tasks i think i could have seen myself doing either one and then i have the unpopular opinion that i would have picked the song one over the burlesque one like you know 99 times out of 100 well it's interesting because with first because they've had very hard memorization tasks in the past when I saw this at first, I thought, man, jazz seems really hard. Because the way John described it, he's like, you have to sing and scat exactly to the music, and it's going to be so difficult. And I, then I watched it, and I was like, yeah, I could do that. This is not yeah. the hardest singing task they've done. But it looked really fun. I wanted more teams to do it. Nothing against pizzazz, which we'll dive into. But I wanted more teams to sing because I enjoy. I always enjoy watching the teams try to sing along with the band. That's fun stuff. Yoke fan. me and team Frenello, we are the same we like karaoke and the two teams that did do it were both incredible like very good singers everybody and i did note like because i have a music background i know what they have to judge it on and it was really one of these donald where's your trusers scenarios where it's just like you got to be sort of on pitch and you got to hit the beat like when the you know when the bass does this then you got to do this and that's where you see Julia and Kathy screw up the first time. They just came in too early. And, you know, the great Penn Holderness did the exact same thing last season on U.S. Amazing Race. So it's it's really get it on the beat. And I think that's like 95% of what you need to do in that task. But then you have something like Pizzazz where they tried to obscure how how truly easy this task was by like the teams that did not get it right you could not tell what they did not do right. There was no way to tell, but I think the only thing, the only things you had to do 
They outline it for you. The instructor outlines it for you. Present your item, get rid of your item, show that you got rid of your item, then you have a final pose on the chair. And you have to take off your items in the right order and do a pose on the chair. And that that's all you had to do. I think literally the only people that had to do it more than once were the people that took off the wrong item at the wrong time. Yeah, because even they said you have to do it with enthusiasm and everything. And really, I mean, the only one who seemed a little lost the first time was Jesse. But in general, everybody, I mean, we had what I described as in my notes as the success montage, where it's just like everybody, you get it right, you get it right, you get it right. And I'm like, they all look different and sort of the same up to them, where they were the first team to miss. And then there were a few other teams that missed near the end. But again, like they just look kind of lost. But the main reason I knew they missed is because then the show cut to all the people in the crowd like booing. They're like, oh, that's how I know. Because, and they like play the like, or whatever. But if they hadn't done that, I'd be like, well, they don't look great. But if we had the rousing music and the cheering, I'd be like, well, that's okay. But yeah, this was mostly designed to um, to have you know people dress up and be in a situation they would not normally be in and see how they react. And most teams had a lot of fun with it, which I enjoyed. Yeah, I mean, what is not to love about awesome costumes? Although these costumes, it really felt like, you know, it was a box of props from Party City <laughs> and some black surgical scrubs. Like, that's your burlesque costume? You could have done better. but Yeah, know. there wasn't too much. They had some fun hats, but they didn't take those off. Those were just some team members wore the fun hats. I, I could I could assemble a better burlesque ensemble out of my son's dress-up box. <laughs> yeah, so um, it was it was it was entertaining. I will say, um, I do want to go back quickly to the singing though, and mention that there was a pretty well-known singer there, mm-hmm. Renee Lee, who's Montreal's Queen of Jazz, award-winning singer, actor, everything, just there because they kept cutting to her, just sitting there. And, you know, that's when you have someone famous doing that. She wasn't really doing much. She was just kind of sitting there and smiling. But to bring somebody in like that, who's really talented and well-known and everyone um, and everyone, that makes a lot of sense. She's just everyone. She's everyone. She's she's all people. (laughs) Yes. But it was cool to see that at least, you know, they showed her performing, but that also she was involved. I don't believe she was actually judging, but, you know, it was very easy to see when they missed her not. Yeah, and the judges are never judging. We know this about The Amazing Race. The judges, the real judges are the producers off screen who tell the on-camera judges whether or not somebody got it right. And then every shot of somebody holding a clue is just the judge standing in front of a camera, holding a clue at the camera and not actually giving it to a person. Like that's We know that. That's a well-known trick. But that being said, I wonder if, I wonder if she and Julie knew each other at all. Like The Canadian music world is not that big. Probably, I would guess. Yeah. And oh, we have to bring it up because even though we didn't get this question in the questions, you know, there are people going, oh, Julie had a five hole. Now, I'm gonna, five is, hole. is this a five hole? I don't think so, because, again, it's two people and what they missed was, you know, professionals could mess with the timing trying to do that. Right. Right. Well, this came up. I would say this is the identical situation to the Donald Where's Your Truzers task. And people said that Penn had a five hole. And that's not a five hole, guys. Five hole is when you, it is something you do for a living and you repeatedly screw it up to the detriment of your race. Now, honestly, I don't think Julie and Kathy have a different outcome if they get it right on the first try. They are already hours behind at this point. It doesn't really matter. 
And they really, they sounded great the first time. They only got one little thing wrong. They did it the second time and they did fine, at least as far as we were shown. So that really doesn't count as a five hole. It's got to be kind of three things in concert. It's got to be the task A directly relates to something you B do for a living that you see repeatedly and horribly screw up on to the detriment of your game. Yeah, I agree. I, I wanted you to explain it just because I feel like it's something, especially when you have a singer that's doing a singing task, it's something that's going to come back. So we've seen that with dancers, where dancers mm-hmm. might miss once, but you rarely see, we've had plenty of dancers, dancers that repeatedly miss something or, you know, I there aren't that, there have been examples over the years, but none really actually are usually as bad as the original. It still stands out as the that's, most egregious example. That's why we don't call it the dance, Dan. It's the five hole. Um, I did sort of like every time something like this happens, though, my antenna go up. It's like, oh, Catherine and Craig are doing a dance task. I wonder if they're going to five hole. Julie and Kathy are doing a singing task. I wonder if they're going to five hole. It's the anticipation of the five hole that I would agree. I would argue is more important than the five hole itself. It's just like the small chance that you could get one at any time is is that's what keeps it exciting for me. I agree. I wanted to point out again a funny moment. I mean, there was a bunch of things with um, because they got more time with Brendan and Connor and them, but Beverly comes in and as they put on her headdress or hat, she she goes, oh, and then they put it on (laughs) and it gets stuck. And I enjoyed that very much because then the music immediately stopped and she laughed. Moments like that. That's the things that stand out um, to me because um, teams are enjoying it. And like you said, teams near the front. They were just having fun with the leg. Very little pressure. And so lots of enjoyment among most of the team. Yeah. And I wonder, did they know that there was a team far behind them? Because they saw almost everybody else, like because almost everybody did the same detour. I wonder if they knew there was a team behind them and the pressure kind of came off. You know, it's interesting because Franca and Nella, uh, I'm just going to say team for Nella. They saw, at least from what we, again, we didn't see them on the shot. We saw them say, oh, there's another team as they were driving out. So at that point, I don't know. I know they got lost before that, Julian Kathy, and, you know, had the policeman give them the look like, you're really far away, Mm -hmm. and then give them a police escort. I think at that point, they probably had lost the race already. But then we did see them. I know technically the show had them as currently in ninth place when they finished singing. And had Cedric and Deshaun as currently at last. Now, granted, they're at two different detours. You don't know how far away the detours are from the pit stop. You also don't know if the show was doing that kind of to make mm-hmm. it a little more exciting. But then they got lost again. So at the end, you could tell because Cedric and Deshaun came to the mat, and um, you know they were they didn't seem that far behind really. So it's like I think Jesse Jesse and Marika were still on the mat when they got there. So they right. were right there. Julie and Kathy showed up. They knew they were last. It wasn't yeah. at all. You can tell like when somebody is walking in, um, especially like if somebody's in second to last place and they still seem pretty excited. It's like, it, you know, they know there's a team behind them. You know, they, they aren't aware that they, you know, um, I, what I've never seen. And I want somebody to find this for me because I'm sure it's happened. I've never seen a team check in at the mat thinking that they are still in the race and getting eliminated has has somebody ever been blindsided with an elimination at the mat dan i think lynn and alex in season seven this happened too because they left they left in front of 
think it was Ron and Kelly, because I remember I watched the season recently and they like drove and they ended up on top of the castle. Oh, no, it was Meredith and Gretchen. They were in front of, of course, because they were always mm-hmm. the team that everyone thought. And they checked in and I think they oh, actually no, that's wrong because they checked in with all those extra clothes on. So that wouldn't have worked. So they probably thought they thought they weren't sure. A lot of it you have that we're not sure, but mm-hmm. rarely do you have the teams getting ready to hug and then crying. Mm-hmm. That's not true. Yeah, that's one I was thinking of because they they fell. Sometimes you see teams fall apart getting to the pit stop, like get lost. That's happened before, but usually they know because they just got lost. Like that case, they had just been lost. In general, I don't think it's happened much. Yeah, like you roll up. We want a good leg. Can't wait for the next one. Oh, oh, well, that sucks. Yeah, I, I now I kind of. There's been so much amazing race that's been run globally. This had to have happened sometime, and I want somebody to tell me when so I can go and watch it. We have seen teams that think they're first that end up like fifth, well, instead of like or, or yeah. sixth, out of like their second last. But thinking you're first and being last, or thinking you're up there, that's rare because usually teams that are in last, I mean, it's it's you know maybe John and Jessica didn't totally understand they were last or something, or he didn't because he didn't use the express pass and somehow still thought there was a team somewhere when it was pitch black at night. But those are kind of like mental blocks, not actual things mm-hmm. they think, you know. Right. Right. Um yeah, let's see. What else did I want to say about these tasks? Uh Franca and Nella, really, really good voices. I was impressed. Like they they could throw down at karaoke. You saw the intro though. They had some, you know, they they show them in videos just being silly. Mm-hmm. They're they're hams much more. Like I said, they're they saw a little bit in their intro video, but the intro video showed them playing a bunch of golf, and they didn't. They kind of showed them, but right away they um they seemed to be fun and like might be some of the bigger characters on the season. Just um right off the bat, seemed really comfortable on camera. They got some Phil and Martina upside. I think so. Also, um, we haven't really talked about the puzzle. I don't know if there's much to say about the um final. Put together Thor's hammer puzzle that <laughs> that they had. But Jameek, haven't mentioned Cassie and Jameek much. They seem like they, they're just, you know, full enthusiasm he is and everything. Big Marvel fan, really excited about putting together <laughs> the hammer, comes in and then like he gets it right and he's just like, Thunder as they're walking. <laughs> well, Jameek, think- this was his week. Honestly, uh, between getting to do the ladder roadblock where he is a firefighter and all firefighters ever do is climb ladders and then he gets to be Thor, like, you know, everything's coming up to me this week. I'm happy I picked them. They seem like um, a little bit under the ring. I know the top two teams did much better, but they seem like kind of like what I thought. One of those teams that I think they're going to be a lot of third, fourth places and they're going to be there for a while. I don't know. They seem to. They seem to have that quiet. I mean, they're not that quiet. He was just yelling thunder, but that that reserved confidence, if that makes sense. I don't know. They did call themselves a power couple, but I think it was a little bit in jest there. But um, I'm feeling pretty good about them and they seem they're going to be fun. Kind of season three wrestler bros upside, maybe. (laughs) Yes, though, they will not spend the whole season just hoping for a wrestling task, I would assume like those. Hopefully not. I mean, they've already they've already found some tasks in their wheelhouse. I think there's they're going to be fine. So what other teams stood out to you? Because we had there's a lot of teams we haven't we've mentioned the tasks, but we haven't talked as much about some of the teams. Um, yeah, it's it's a good question. I think Catherine and Craig had a 
solid week and they were doing so well, like they were shown as doing so well at everything that I was surprised that then they ended up checking in in the middle of the pack. Yeah, it was weird. They, um, they were fifth. They were the last team to the first bus, but then, yeah, they seemed to just be like, you know, I mean, he's, he was a little nervous about the, the Ferris wheel, but yeah, they seemed great at the dancing. They seemed to navigate. They seemed, you know, she got the speech. Both of them got the speech at the starting line about, um, you know, about just everything and the shutdown and everything and how they feel. And I'm like, Oh, that could be good or bad. So I don't know. They were shown a lot. I don't know what that means. If it, you know, if that's, if I should read too much into the edit, but um, they seem good. Court and Allie, I think you were right on with them. They seem mm-hmm. really solid too. I mean, all yeah. those teams in the middle, that four through, especially four through six, um, maybe not. I mean, Dennis and Darrell were up and down, but they ended up in that group. That whole group seems pretty solid. Yeah. I mean, this is going to be one of those ones where, you know, there's some seasons we can tell you who's going to get eliminated next week. And this one, it's going to be very, very hard to say, like, who's really at the bottom of the pack because there is a pretty large pack. Yes, a very large pack. <laughs> John, John's like, just, I'm just going to save myself some time and just read you all off at once so I don't have to do as much work. But he was pumped. He loved having that big group in there. So that was you fun. Mean, that's extroverts for you, Dan. <laughs> I don't know what that's like. I'm like, wait, more than two, three people. No, let's move back. Everybody. <laughs> but yeah, no, six John, feet. Yeah, John's thrilled. But yeah, so they, they did go to the final. The pit stop was at Relta Theater, kind of a cool, cool, legendary old theater, which Catherine and Chris, Craig, Catherine and Craig, very excited to go to a theater right away. They're just, they're in it. They're pumped. So that was, that was fun for them. Yeah, fun for them for sure. Um, I did want to point out, I am definitely going to call Beverly and Veronica, Betty and Veronica at some point over the course of the season. I just can't not. <laughs> well, um, I'm also, I keep getting in almost calling Brendan Brandon. I always did it earlier. There was a Brandon on Australia last season mm-hmm. and I don't know. It wasn't Connor. It was Jackson. But for some reason I've had to look like stuttered several stop several times trying to say it. So I'm going to try and be better, but they finished first. We talk about that. They won a lot of things, Jess, many things. They, That's won, a, they won. Quite a comprehensive prize package. Yeah. I will say, and can I just say $2,500 at Marshall's? You can buy the entire store for that. We got a Marshall's up by us, and man, that is a, that's a spree. That is a spree. I, I told my wife about that. She's like, how could you spend $2,500 at Marshall's? Like, it's Canadian dollars, though. So it's maybe it's a little different, but it's like a yeah, shirt. Those guys, and of course, they were totally enthusiastic. They're like, we love Marshall's. They, do you think they love Marshall's? Do you think they go there a lot? I think everybody loves Marshall's, Dan. Like, how dare you insinuate somebody does not? Yeah, they get to go to L.A. for the premiere. Mm-hmm. They get, you does know. They, the do their gift cards, if they wanted to go to Marshall's in L.A., <laughs> I think they could use those gift cards or are those only good for Canadian Marshall's? Maybe they could buy, like, some fancy suits and outfits to wear at the premiere at Marshall's. You know, maybe that's possible. I don't know. I, a suit you buy in Marshall's, <laughs> there's a lot of ways you can go with that. <laughs> yeah, not not what you're looking for. So, um. So they win that. That that's exciting. They were they were thrilled. Plus, they get you know, John had we had not had. I appreciate this, Jess, that they hadn't mentioned the express passes till they won because then we didn't get the whole got to get the express pass, got to get the express pass entire thing during the premiere. It was fun that they were almost like an afterthought that they got those. Yeah, and they were really like the first time I saw it, I didn't even register that they'd done that, which was really kind of incredible. 
Um, and then I watched it again. It's like, oh no, we got three of them. <laughs> and so that's like three more express passes than we've had in the U.S. in the last five years. Right. Well, they, this happened in the past. Well, they only did this with another team, but they also had with Team Giver where they had they tried to split the three in a task, and they got all three. But that's you have right. to give away two, just you know, in case people didn't notice that because it was very quick. I mean, you did have them like acting like they were calling on the phone with the express passes in their interview. But um, I wonder who they'll give them to. It'll be interesting. They have to do it by leg four, not that far into the race. Yeah, but honestly, Dan, and I think the nice thing is I have some, I have some pretty well-founded theories about the express pass that I can now resurrect because they're relevant again. Um, the main thing with express passes is like the game theory of it all. You want to get those express passes out of your hands as quickly as possible to maximize the number of chances people have to burn them. So give them like pick out your target immediately and give them that express pass and hope they burn it on the second leg. You don't want to hold on to that until there's fewer people in the race and less of a cushion for you if something goes wrong. It's a great point. Yeah. And teams often do that where you have the two different things. The one you get an express pass, you struggle for a minute and you're like, forget it. We're, we're using it. The two, we want to win first place express pass people. You want to find those people. That's who you really want to give the express pass to the people that use it and say, I want to win first. Don't always get it. They use it too early. But regardless, mm -hmm. like you said, it's a math thing. You've yeah. got nine, nine teams left. You could assume there might be a non-elimination at eight or sometimes that often happens. So you lose one more team. So really, teams are going to probably, they're going to use it quickly. You give them away now. Teams might use it during the non-elimination leg. You don't know. But regardless, you got to feel pretty confident. We can beat, if there's nine left, we, that team using Express Pass, we can still beat the others, someone in the other six. Right. Like someone yeah. else is screwing up. Yeah, I so like it. So really, Dan, do you think you want to give the maybe you want to give the express pass to like the second weakest team on the field? Yeah, it's interesting because if I look at who finished, like you look at the team, this is why this cast is hard. You say the lowest team was Cedric and Deshaun, who seemed a little lost, but again, <laughs> seems a little lost in their in their hometown. <laughs> but still, we're not really lost by directions, but just seem seemed a little overwhelmed by the situation. They may get more comfortable. You don't know for sure that's the second worst team. Plenty of teams. You know, Jesse, for example, have struggled early on in a leg and then barely survived and then done great. So I don't know. I look at the group and I think maybe like Dennis and Darrell, Jesse and Marika, that that kind of group, because both those teams seem fine. But I don't get the impression that um, from the first leg, you would get the impression they were going to just start blitzing the race, I guess. Right. Right. It's more like not, you know, most likely to screw up, but least likely to blitz. Yeah, totally. Second least likely to blitz. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, looking at the group, we already talked about kind of the order. I mean, I guess, I mean, the group and the four in the middle basically tied from four through seven. Cassie and Jamie third, Beverly and Veronica second. And then we had, again, there wasn't much drama or tension there, but Jesse and Marika, Cedric and Deshaun, both of them missed doing pizzazz. And that's basically why they ended up a little bit behind. Pretty much. And again, like, I don't even know. Like, the only thing I can think of that they must have done wrong is they took it off in the wrong order. And of course, they tried to make it sound like they did something worse than that. But I think that's really, really literally all it was. Yeah. And I guess you never want to have a detour that everyone just does on. And as we're assuming they did it on one try, we're assuming that they did not. Like sometimes it looks like someone did it on one try and it's really try three or whatever. Here, it did seem like it was pretty easy. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Dan, if you're on the Amazing Race Canada and your name is Jesse, 
Does that automatically mean you are the low, most low key person on the show? <laughs> I guess. And I mean, he just, he seems like, um, I think it could work for him. And it's not that she's on the other end. Cause sometimes mm-hmm. you have the team where one is like, I mean, not Gino Jesse, but others, but basically he just is like, yeah, I messed that up. Yeah. We could be in trouble. We got to get this. And, you know, definitely the least emotive of the group in pizzazz though, you know, she did say she's never, you know, that was the most she'd really seen him do like that. You know, I guess, you know, cross country skiers while training, you don't spend a lot of time just doing burlesque dancing, but you know, interesting, interesting. Um, I think they were about what I expected and, um, I think they did fine. Yeah. Yeah. They were, they were okay. Like definitely, <laughs> definitely a second round pick kind of team. All right. Well, are you ready? We can do a few questions that we yes. Got? Let's do some questions. Okay. And um, we should tell people while you're watching the show, if you feel like you have questions for us, like get them to us in real time, like get them to us as soon as possible, because we are aiming to the show airs on Tuesday nights. We're aiming to record on Thursday nights. Um, and we don't care about being spoiled ahead of time. Like, obviously, Dan and I are not going to watch the show until Wednesday, but go ahead and get your questions in as soon as you have them. You can tweet at us at the Dan Heaton and at Haymaker Hattie. We definitely want to hear from you and we'll put out the call for questions, but hit us up before that. We don't care. Yeah. It's one of my favorite things is when we're getting a lot of good questions because sometimes it um, illuminates things that maybe we didn't see or whatever. Um, so this is one that interested me, Jess. I have some thoughts on this, but I would love to get yours. This is from Jordan Chong on Twitter. Um, what contestants, if any, come to mind that were elite at one reality show and yet seemingly be- so bad at another? Now, the example they give is Tashawn winning Big Brother Canada. He, he described it as TR Canada laying one disaster. Come on, Jordan. Come yeah, on. Not nice. <laughs> I don't know if I'd go so far as to say disaster. Yeah. Like if, if Phil didn't eliminate you in the airport, you know. Or John. John has never eliminated someone in an airport. Nobody screws up that badly on Amazing Race Canada. You don't lose your passports at the airport before you leave or on your way. You're 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 doing okay. You're you're better than better than some. Um, okay, so who do you think? Like, I have a few ideas, but what is ones that stand out maybe to you? If there are any, just that um, didn't translate so well to another show. Well. There's Robin Amber 2.0, which was kind of an amazing thing to witness. Um, that's the first one that comes to mind for me um, because, you know, they were obviously like at the time, I think widely considered the best, um, like the very best reality competitors at anything at that point. And then to watch them go out so early was just a total shocker. So that would have been mine. Um I would say arguably you might, you might go to Amazing Race US 31 for some examples, but honestly, the teams that did well at that are the teams I expected to do well at that. And I don't think the teams that did badly really count to me as people that are elite at their, at their Amazing Race vocation. Yeah. I mean, Rupert, sure, he got a million dollars from America. And did well, I guess. But Rupert, to me, seemed like early episode um, ending with Lord and Rupert in season 31. And even um, Eliza and Corinne, who did okay. They mm-hmm. weren't out super early. But I did not look at them and think they're going to dominate based on what they did on right. Survivor. So right. Those- and arguably, Dan, none of those people are what I would call 
elite survivor players. Rupert's not good at survivor. <laughs> and Eliza is an incredible human being, would make a fantastic New York district attorney. Not, not amazing at survivor. And Corinne also okay at survivor. They're both like, you know, they're not top, top tier. They're like, they're not bottom tier, of course, but none of them are elite survivor players. Yeah, the one that stood out to me just because they were winners was Ethan and Jenna. And even though both of them did yeah. not, they did not, I feel like they kind of got really bad luck or bad show production or whatever you want to call it. I don't feel like it was the worst I've ever seen. But the whole thing with the sign that said you had to give all your money and they didn't see it. And then they had the double elimination in the next episode. There was a lot of weirdness to the beginning of that season of The Amazing Race. So I wouldn't say, but they did seem a little out of their element, um, having both one survivor, but in a very early era and being good athletes, obviously. But I was a little surprised how well they, how they did not do well. In the amazing yeah, I, in fact, I had forgotten until you said that, that they were even on it, which is really sad because they are, you know, reality TV royalty on like Robin Amber tier. At least they were when they did their reality stints. So, yeah, I think Jenna and Ethan might be our platonic ideal in this category. Because I thought about the other direction, like a Nadia, in, um, but then Natalie did so well. But then when the 20s went out first in the um, returning season, All-Stars, then I went, hmm, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I guess they were elite in some ways and not elite in others. They're all or nothing, I guess, basically. Yeah, elite in some ways and not elite in others describes literally everybody on the planet, Dan. <laughs> I'm I'm elite in no ways. So does that not You are an elite Amazing Race Canada podcaster, Dan. We are the number one Amazing Race Canada podcast on the internet. That's elite. That's top tier. That is something, that's for sure. That's something. Um, that's what, right, that's well, what that's how I sleep at night. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm gonna sleep all night just thinking about that. I'm gonna be like, yeah. I'm not I'm elite at that. Yes. All right. Um, something. Let's see. So okay. <laughs> I I I John Johnston on Facebook. Now, John, John, John is wonderful. Love you, Bay. Love, you know, great. So much support. Asked, is a police escort the best luck on the Amazing Race? John, um, I'm just going to say um, they got eliminated. So um, I don't think it's the best luck, but I don't mean to be mean. I understand that was good luck. How do you there's the other luck? Setting aside the fact that the team that got the police escort was eliminated. I mean, it's no turning a plane around on the tarmac. I'll give you yeah. that. But if you're at the point in your amazing race where you need a police escort, I think you may need to examine your choices. So I guess it's lucky that they found it, but it was not lucky enough. Can I take a moment again about Julie and how much I enjoyed like her climbing up the Ferris wheel and saying that she wishes it went all the way to heaven? And I was just mm -hmm. imagining that task. Or her hallelujah multiple times. Or her yeah, that was some Survivor Amazon action right <laughs> yes. there. Speaking of Survivor Amazon. The last will be first. The first will be last. There were a lot. I just have to mention it. And I'm not, this is not to be negative. I really enjoyed her. And I, I am sad setting aside the draft that they're gone because she just would have been so much fun to watch on this show. Yeah. Huge personalities for sure. I was really, I was enjoying what time we got with them for sure. All right. Well, are there any other questions you think we should answer here? Hmm. Um, I think we can 
we can call it good there, Dan. I think we got we got some great feedback over the course of the week. And I want to give a special shout out to a um, friend of the podcast, Evan, who sent me a link to view the show a little bit early earlier than I had planned to. So I was able to catch it fairly early and he was really on top of it. Um, if you are not in Canada and you want to watch the show, the best thing I think you can do is become a patron of Rob has a podcast because people do generally drop the links in the patron only Facebook group as soon as they're available. And there's a lot of ways you can do it. Um, I'm happy to coach any Rob has podcast patrons through alternate ways of getting to view the series. It, the landscape has changed a lot in the last three years, so it it is sometimes a little tougher. What I ended up doing eventually is I'm now paying for a VPN, which didn't I ironically did not need the first week, but that's a reliable thing that you can do, and it's probably in this day and age you can't be too secure with your data. So that's what I would say: become a patron. We'll give you all the tips and hints you need to be watching the show, no matter where you are in the world. Um, there's also lots of other great perks. Of course, you get lots of exclusive podcast content and access to a Discord and um, a Facebook group and all that great stuff. So robispodcast.com slash Patreon, I believe, is where you go to learn all of that, Dan. Yes, it is. Um, I really wish there was an easier way to watch it. But um, I do think all the examples you've given have always worked for me. And VPN may be. CTV, then you could watch it on CTV, so that may be the way to go. But um, this you was really fun. You watch the commercials if you watch it on CTV. <laughs> oh, for maybe commercials for Guru Energy Drink. Oh, I could learn more about it. They've got a new. They've got a new bank sponsor now. I can't remember the name of the bank, but they had a they had a commercial where John Montgomery goes out and interviews some hipster farmers. And <laughs> I'm yeah. sure I'm not going to get tired of that the way I got tired of Scotia Bank. Oh, yes. That's what I was thinking. You know, you know, we don't get to go give your card um, for the bank. Like they always had the person had to come up and get their their money on the card. And that was the whole thing. But we don't have that anymore either. No, they just have banks that give business loans now, apparently. <laughs> Excellent. Well, um, this has been really fun, Jess. I've enjoyed it. Yeah, this has been spectacular. I'm glad to be back in the Amazing Race podcasting saddle. And we will be back every week throughout the season and we're very excited to hear from all of you and find out how you're feeling about the season so once again hit us up on twitter at haymaker hattie and at the dan heaton and we will endeavor to interact with you about all things amazing race excellent good stuff all right so thanks to everybody behind the scenes thanks to tricky and hannah and scott who helped put this all together behind the scenes thanks as always to my wonderful co-host dan heaton and thanks to you all of you listeners we will see you next week Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, little. 
Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.